Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week's episode is a slightly unusual one. We held our Stack Awards ceremony here in London on Monday night, and it was a brilliant evening with more than 200 independent magazine makers packed into one room. But of course, there were lots of people who couldn't be there, so for this episode, we're playing out the audio from the entire ceremony. You'll hear our judges reflecting on the winning and commended magazines. You'll hear the winners themselves making their acceptance speeches. And you'll also hear quite a bit of me, particularly at the beginning. So I'm going to keep this introduction as short as I can and say I hope you enjoy this episode recorded live at the Queen of Hoxton in London on Monday, the 20th of November, 2017. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the third annual Stack Awards. I think you could do a bit better than that, come on. Welcome to the third annual Stack Awards. There you go. Um, Thank you very much for being here tonight. This is obviously very exciting for us. Uh, This is our biggest awards ceremony ever. Uh, we've had more entries than ever before this year. Uh, we had a nightmarish shortlisting process uh, where we had to let a load of really great magazines go by the wayside. Um, but I'm very, very pleased to have you all here tonight um, in this new venue for the Stack Awards. Um, I'd like to point out, just at the start, just because it's going to happen, um, 10 minutes before you all got here, that sign fell down. So. <laughs> I'm expecting it to happen again, and when it does, Katty here is going to come and hand me my P45, and I'm going to have a coughing fit. It's um, British political uh, humour. <laughs> Katty's German, she said people would totally get it, so... Okay. All of this is basically my way of saying that we had absolutely loads of fantastic magazines enter the awards this year and of course that means when you get loads of magazines enter you still only have the same number that gets into shortlist and the same number that get awards so um, while i'm really really excited to be running this and doing this and i love it i also feel really bad for all the people who are not going to go home with one of these beautiful awards here so um, i hope that if that is you you will still have a good time. We've tried to put some things in place to ensure that happens. Um, the booze ran out a bit too soon last year, so we've added more booze this year, so you'll have more alcohol. There's more food than there was last year. Uh, we've made these free programs. Some people are holding programs. Uh, there's loads of them upstairs. They're printed by a newspaper club. You can follow along um, and write in the commended and winners as you go. There's a photo booth upstairs which is free to use and there's a little space on the inside back page where you can stick your photo uh, as your souvenir program kind of thing. Um, uh, We also have uh, a much better DJ than we've ever had before. That's because it wasn't left to me to book the DJ, so um, DJ DJ Alex Rita uh, is going to be playing for us afterwards down here. Um, Yeah! 
But of course, we can't all be here. All these people who entered the awards can't all be here. So this year, for the first time, we're broadcasting on Facebook Live at the back over there. Hello, everyone on Facebook Live. I'm sure there's tens of you who are watching this. That's a bit generous, actually, isn't it? I'm assuming double figures. Uh, that means that um, if you get called up to accept an award, remember your mum could watch it. So make sure that you say something uh, that she will like, rather than um, just try and make her cry, basically. Try and make her so proud she cries. Um, for those of you who have won, you will be receiving one of these beautiful trophies. I mean, they're so beautiful, I don't want to give them away. They're, they're so beautiful. Uh, they're made by uh, a guy called Work the Plank. Uh, he designed them, and he's a creative genius. Uh, and uh, a guy called Gavin Coyle actually made them. And even if, so, if you don't win one of these trophies later, make sure you try and get hold of someone who has one, so you can feel the heft of it and all the smooth lines. It's lovely. Okay, so what's going to happen? We have eleven trophies to give out tonight. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about whether the people are actually here to receive the trophies. Um, I really hope so, otherwise this whole thing doesn't work at all. <laughs> Each category has up to two commended titles and one winning title. We'll announce the name of the winning magazine and play your walk-on music. Everyone has been asked for walk-on music, so um, you're not special if you've been asked for that. So everyone got it. Um, not everyone has provided walk-on music, so we've provided for others. <laughs> Fun little game as you go, see if you can tell which people uh, supplied their own walk-on music and which ones we've provided for them. If you uh, have your magazine read out, you come up here, you do that, you have to give an acceptance speech. You have to take about three to five minutes and not longer please, otherwise this will go way too long. Uh, we have some of the judges here tonight to hand out the trophies and talk about the magazines that they really loved. Um, they lived with those magazines for like a month, so they properly got to know the magazines. Um, so I'm really looking forward to hearing what they have to say. Only one category didn't have judges. Right, is Grace back behind there now with the computer? Are you there, Grace? Yes, all right. So we can go to the first category picture. Seamless. The first category is the subscriber's choice. This is the one that is voted for by Stack subscribers. Uh, and who here is a Stack subscriber? Any of you? Yes. I hope you all voted in this category. So we had 12 magazines from October 2017 to September, sorry, October 2016 to September 2017. Lots of mags got about 10% of the votes, but one stood out at 13%, so we have one commended magazine. It was, I, I thought it might be quite a niche magazine to get a, a subscriber's choice commendation. Um, it is not only um, about sports, it's about one specific sport, it's about tennis. So our commended magazine from the subscriber's choice is Racket Magazine. Big round of applause. Yeah. David, I saw you somewhere out in the audience. I saw you upstairs earlier, I can't see you now, but thank you for coming, David, um, and well done for your commendation. But we had one magazine, that stood out um, even further. This one had like 20% of the votes. And I would have said that if that was a niche magazine, then maybe this one is like really niche magazine. This should give you some indication of the type of people who subscribe to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a magazine um, that 
I think it's really kind of like sort of caught a moment or caught a mood. And certainly our subscribers responded really well to it. Um, I was a little nervous when I sent it out because uh, it is a mental health magazine, which the first issue is dedicated entirely to anger. Okay. The subscriber's choice for 2017 is Anxie magazine. <laughs> People said it's really, you know, you know, we, we say our readers, but it's really, you know, we all think our peers. But this really makes me think that we made it for the readers, which makes me very, very happy. Anyway, I'm here as a caretaker in a sense for for Anxi. I'm a founding member, but it's very important. The founder is called Indira Rojas. The entire rest of the Anxi team is based in in and around San Francisco, so I'm the European outpost. Um, so this goes to definitely goes to Bobby, Maddie, Katie. You or the others who are often are how they watching them on Facebook Live from San Francisco right now. That'd be amazing. Um, and it makes me think, yeah, we have caught the moment. So Anxi is a magazine about mental health and, and our inner worlds. And this gives me hope that talking about it, like, you know, is catching on and that we'll all dare to talk about mental health anymore because we think at Anxi that mental health doesn't have to do anything with disease, it has to do with character, it has to do with being human. So that's the message we're trying to take out there. Thank you, Saxophonists. Excellent, thank you very much, Katyn. Um, the new issue of Anxi is coming any time now, so um, if you didn't get to see the first one, which was brilliant and all about anger, make sure you check out the second one, which is coming, and it's all about workaholism. <laughs> I'm sure I can tell from the people in this room that you know a thing or two about workaholism in this room. Alright, on to our second category. So this is our first judged one. It's the Student Magazine of the Year. We added this as a new category uh, last year. And we got such a good response from it uh, that we realised that... Um, sorry. The first year we ran this... We had several people trying to enter student magazines. We realized it deserved a category of its own. We added it last year, and this year, they just blew the roof off with it. This was one of the categories that was so hard to shortlist. There was just so much good stuff. Um, our judges for this one, we had to call in the experts. Um, so we have Amherd Lewis, uh, who is the author of So You Want to Publish a Magazine, which is kind of like a, a guidebook to starting a magazine. And with Jameson, who's the author of Print is Dead, Long Live Prince, and Ruth is here to tell us about the commended and winning titles. Thank you. Uh, yeah, quite a big um, shortlist, quite a lot of reading for us to do, but that was super fun. Um, I've written something down, so I'm going to read. Uh, the first of our two commended magazines is one that we already knew. Uh, we just didn't realise that it was a student magazine. Uh, and that in itself speaks volumes, I think. Uh, this magazine is beautifully produced. It features outstanding writing 
uh, puts out an impressive three issues a year, which makes us quite worried for the degrees of the people who are making it. Um, <laughs> and for all this, and for its praiseworthy mission to galvanise a local literary scene, it's The Tangerine. Uh, our second commended magazine uh, took us on a roller coaster ride of visual and editorial ideas, all executed with consideration, attention to detail, and impressive production values. Uh, using a single theme, it featured an incredible diversity of content. The theme allowed it to go from discussing the life of elderly nuns to the children of strippers to the war crimes of a Bauhaus designer, all without missing a beat. Um, and did this in not one language but two. Uh, it's Brasilia. So finally, our winning student magazine is one that doesn't just feature outstanding design and thought-provoking content. It isn't just full of clever concepts where visuals and editorials speak with a united voice. It isn't just a beautiful object, it also has an ambition that stretches beyond its covers, seeking not just to reflect the world, but to change it a little bit too. We also thought that for an architecture magazine that seeks to question everything, the name was just perfect, and that name is Crumble. intersection of all these different subjects and ideas and everything and then realized that um, we didn't have time to do any of that because we were too busy drawing buildings so <laughs> so uh, we set this up uh, with the idea of getting people from all different subjects and backgrounds and people uh, in the world of work former architects people who've given it up um, and students studying all different subjects illustration and like just brought together lots of different ideas and thought architecture was quite a good lens to look at the world through and uh, see how maybe it could address real problems that everyone was facing rather than the kind of problems we were facing in the studio which were pretty banal uh, like where do you put the toilet stuff um, <laughs> but uh, yeah so the magazine is now stopped and the Tate Modern which we're very excited about but that uh, probably so does everybody else here because <laughs> that's why we're stopped in the Tate Modern so thank you very much for all the publicity yeah um, yeah thanks thank you Gina. This is why I love the Stack Awards. I had never heard of Crumble Magazine before we put the call out for entries this year. And we saw so many amazing magazines that came through. Um, so it's, it's all good news. The next uh, category is uh, Best Original Fiction. 
And the thing I can tell you uh, from this category is man making a literary magazine is hard work. You'll notice we have, I think, seven uh, shortlisted uh, magazines there. Um, there's a, it, I think either we're not quite reaching into the world of literary magazines or the people who are making them are not quite getting to us, but the, that's definitely one to work on for next year. Um, but we saw some fantastic magazines in that group. Um, and we had some great judges uh, to go through them. So we had Glory Edim, uh, who is the publishing outreach specialist at Kickstarter, and she's also the woman behind Well Read Black Girl, which is a community uh, based around uh, black identity and, and feminist writing. Um, and we also have Ted Hodgkinson, who is the uh, head of literature and spoken word at the Southbank Centre. Uh, he just finished the London Literary Festival and then went on holiday to Guatemala. And I got an email at about two o'clock this afternoon saying, I'm back. So Ted, thanks for coming back. Tell us about the mags. what time zone I'm in or uh, hola everybody nice to see you um, I, I just want to say quickly to start that um, we're all here tonight I'm certainly here tonight because of the irrepressible Stephen Watson and um, his incredible enthusiasm and love for that I think that moment in reading of discovery and that moment of change um, I stack is such a brilliant idea it's one of those ideas that I sort of wish I had myself it's so good slightly jealous of it it's a great it's a great thing and I discovered so many magazines in the process of doing this, it was great reading alongside Glory as well. Um, I think as well, it's, it's a really important thing to be discovering magazines that you wouldn't normally read, you wouldn't necessarily pick up yourself, and to be confronted with something that might change or confront and expand your thinking in some way. Um, we were looking at short stories, and it was an incredible array from stories that were compressed, distilled onto a single page, um, were incredibly powerful and packed incredible punch in such a small space to things which were expansive, um, prolix, that were, were unabashedly complicated. Um, and some of the artwork was um, really quite eye-opening as well. So um, the quality overall was really, really excellent. Um, we wanted to commend two magazines. Um, I'd like to say that we had a real fisticuffs battle, Glory and I, and that we, were, that, that we were threatening to sort of jump out the window if one wasn't in, on our list. But actually, we were, there was a fair amount of consensus on these. Um, the first one, uh, which, which is by a fiercely talented writer called A. Goni Barrett, um, this is a story that distills a whole family saga into a, and a tumultuous um, history into a single page. And it's set off by beautiful um, imagery and a stately design in a magazine that was new to me, 212. Um, it's a magazine that is global in its focus, but also has a distinctive sensibility shaped by the city that it comes out of, which is Istanbul. Um, I thought this was, was really excellent. Um, a, a great example of a magazine being really sensitive in presenting the work of a writer who's really fine, uh, really knows what he's doing, um, and also uh, allowing this, this incredibly kind of um, distilled story to work in, in, that, in that space of a single page. So congratulations to 212. Uh, the next story is um, the only story I've ever read that's narrated partly from the perspective of a milkshake. Um, it, it's, um, it's a hilarious, unsettling story and timely about artificial intelligence uh, gone awry. Um, this is a searingly brilliant and talented new writer, a discovery for me, uh, Thomas Pierce, 
Um, and it's presented with fittingly surreal humour uh, and um, quite surreal um, illustrations uh, in Zoetrope All Story. Um, and so please do give them uh, congratulations for the Immortal Milk Show. So this was a really, there were some really strong contenders here, but there was one particular magazine and one story that really stood out for Gloria and I. Um, this is a writer who is known for her mastery of compression, her distillation, her ability to, in the space of just a sentence sometimes, create a whole world that is um, unsettling, um, disturbing, um, arresting, alarming. She's, she's um, been fettered for her work, um, but this is a really unusual piece of work because it, it is based on, refracted from her diaries as a 17-year-old. Um, it's, it's in keeping with the theme of the magazine, and, and uh, I know a little about that, having worked at Grant before, how important it is to really uh, extrapolate out from a theme. Um, and the theme of this magazine was, was 17. And it was a really um, remarkable thing to see um, such a personal piece of work given such pride of place at the center of this magazine with a beautiful inset and design. It's a rare thing to see a literary sensibility of such precision given um, to, given really a, such a thoughtful design presentation in a way that was um, both bold and sensitive and subtle at the same time. Um, and, and words which seem at, at often quite quotidian in every day, um, you see the colour rise up through, quite literally rise up through the text. It's a really beautiful piece of work. Um, so a huge congratulations to our winner, um, Harvard Design Magazine for Lydia Davis's story. <coughs> Yeah, Ted, congrats to them. Thank you. Ted, Ted, thank you. Ted, thank you very much, Ted. Um, I don't know if everyone noticed me, I have a small heart attack. But I went behind Ted to get the award and realised it wasn't there. And then I realised that's because they're not here, they're in Harvard. So I left it in the office on purpose so that I didn't lose it. But I thought I lost it. So, so Ted, thank you very much for going back to Guatemala. Remote congratulations to the guys um, at Harvard Design Magazine. It's a really extraordinary magazine. Uh, okay, so best original non-fiction. Uh, for this, we have uh, another pair of judges. We have Govind Balakrishnan, uh, who is the CEO and co-founder of Curio.io. Um, they're a, a service that records um, audio of, of written pieces. Uh, so that you can listen to it later, and I've discovered so many amazing pieces of writing through Curio. Um, and we also have Barbara Rowlands, who runs the MA in Magazine Journalism at City University, so go in the Barbara. to a, uh, a restaurant, to features on, on food shops, to, yeah. um, and, and there's just an incredible amount of variety. I, I, absolutely, and you know, I must confess that as soon as I got all the magazines, I lost a lot, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I just scrambled to buy them all. Uh, so that's good probably. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I think, um, yeah, shall we just um, yeah. go through the notable mentions? Yeah, okay. Okay, so the, the commended, um, the first one uh, was from a magazine called uh, Even, and this was an amazing story about um, an examination of uh, sort of South Korean film, um, sort of through gangster noir and rural horror films, and the, and the films themselves were a kind of metaphor for political and corporate corruption. Um, in fact, there are parallels. I think the South Korean president was impeached. There was a CEO who was sort of banged up in jail. It was a wonderful kind of um, metaphor for Korean society. So we learned so much, not just about films, which I hadn't really, didn't know much about, but for Korean society itself. And so it went from the kind of um, sort of urban um, gangster films uh, to kind of rural horror. And that was really interesting because it, it, was, it showed up the tension between the rapid development uh, of urbanization and um, democracy and also this kind of loyalty based on, on the caste system. So it was just an amazing piece of writing uh, from Michel Cho uh, at Even. And, um, and the other one, which was uh, from Scenario, as you can see there, uh, and I think when I say world wrestling entertainment, I think whatever comes up in your mind, forget about it. Because this is an extraordinary piece about, you know, it transcends, I think it's sort of, the real nub of it is really the sort of boundary between what is really real and what is imagined and what is fiction. And, you know, there are these amazing artists who are all, you know, sort of in the arena. And there's this brilliant moment when one of the ladies says, actually, you know what, when you go to the theater, you don't ask if that is real. Right, and this is real, and I feel pain. And it's an extraordinary piece about wrestling, philosophy, and I think it's quite appropriate for our times, particularly with you know everything that we question and what's fake news or whatever is not. And this is extraordinary. Extraordinary is, I mean, it's two very, very different worlds, you know, coming together, and you would never ever think that they would assimilate. And particularly, not just that they are from very different cultural contexts, but also the context in which they come together is actually extremely unique and completely bizarre. And I think who, the, the, the authors sort of really spent a lot of time with this community over a very prolonged period of time, you know, in just to tell, learn about, you know, all the little things that happen. And it's actually never the big things, right? It's always the little things that really sort of, you know, bring in the pain and bring in the moments of real humor and sensitivity. And it's an extraordinary, extraordinary publication. Yes, yeah, so our winner is um, Andrew Curry on Ruler. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you. 
I'm Andy, the editor of Ruler magazine. Uh, this is Andrew to my left. He's phoning from Berlin, Germany, so I'm glad I'm going home empty handed. Um, the story, well, Ruler magazine is based around professional cycling as a sport, uh, very basically. So that's a Tour de France from uh, everything down. This had nothing to do with that. Um, uh, Andrew came to me with the story of these Syrians who had travelled across from their beleaguered homeland to Germany. And that was a story enough in itself, you know. Um, a human story that has really captured the zeitgeist in the last year. But then it got to the idea of following them for 12 months um, as they followed their dream of becoming professional racing cyclists. And so that's what we did. And it worked out fantastically with um, his prose, with the work of Tim Cole, the photographer who couldn't make it tonight. Um, I think you guys saw them about eight times over the years, is that right? Yeah, interviews, races, at home. Uh, we spent a lot of time with these guys and we, we still see them in Berlin and, and hang out. Um, and these were, they were on the Syrian national team in, in Syria and then in 2015 when so many other people from Syria came, they, they decided to leave for Germany and they, they really had this dream of keeping their profession and their, their careers alive. And through cycling, they met a German coach who was a super immigration skeptic, but took these guys on. And it's, it's been a really amazing story to follow for the, so a lot of it comes out in the, in the story, I hope, which is online at yeah, ruler.cc. But um, they, they have jobs. One of them has two kids now. Uh, they're not watching because I didn't tell them I was coming, but Yelmaz, Nabil, Nazir, Tarek gave me a lot of time and a lot of themselves. And I'm really honored that I can bring their story to a wider audience. And ultimately it's a story that is about sport, but also transcends sport. It was, it was urgent, compelling journalism. And thank you very much to Stack. To Stack. Thank you to everyone here. And thank you, Steve, the award. Thank you very much, thanks. Okay, best use of illustration. For this one, we have uh, Olivia Ahmed, who is the curator at the House of Illustration. And we have Simon Armstrong, who's the buyer for Tate Modern, Tate Britain, Tate Liverpool. So Simon, you bought someone's magazine already tonight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Okay, come on, guys. Hi, everyone. Um, so, looking at the shortlisted entries for best use of illustration over the past couple of weeks, I'm a proper treat, Simon and I. Um, we looked at loads of titles, as you can see. Um, they were all completely different and commissioning images on a massive range of subjects. So, uh, we were seeing really ambitious uh, images, everything from infographics and instructions to sequential storytelling. Um, but what really impressed us and excited us was the way that illustration was being put at the core of the mission of so many magazines, and that illustrators are being seen as communicators in their own right, not just as people who put decorations on print. Um, so it was a difficult decision, and um, we were pleased that we could choose two titles to be commended, as well as an overall winner. Um, 
So the first of our commended titles is Beneficial Shop, who are um, really flipping the traditional model of commissioning illustration for print on its head. Uh, the editors treat an amazing roster of illustrators uh, as authors who develop the content of the magazine right from the outset. Um, it's radical, but it makes sense, and it makes for a really rich and refreshing publication. So, nice one, guys. The second commendation uh, goes to a magazine that um, we thought brilliantly demonstrates how, by giving one illustrator an entire magazine to work on, um, you end up with this amazing kind of bold and singular uh, vision. Uh, production and print quality takes things to the next stage. And, uh, oh, sorry, I can't read this next one. Um, <laughs> Ending up with one of those magazines that we thought, you know, it isn't just something, it's something you want to cling to, like you wouldn't even share it with anyone. It's su such a nice and precious object. And that was Oogst magazine. There they are. And the winner of Best Use of Illustration, um, I think what's interesting, what we're talking about quite a bit was it's really clear that there's so many different elements that go into the design and production creation of the magazine. And um, what you're kind of looking for is that they all cohere and in sort of harmony and create a kind of real classic piece of print. And um, we, we think we found that, yeah. So um, this magazine doesn't only use illustration as an effective and sophisticated uh, tool, um, it's also immersive, empowering, and uh, I also think I'll go further and say that this magazine is actually a model for successful editorial design. The winner was Weapons of Reason. So yeah, it's a, a delight to work on for all of us. Um, massively appreciated uh, that people are into it as well. Um, so yeah, thank you from all of us. All right, best use of photography. We're cracking through. We're cracking. You're going to be out of this sweaty room in no time. Okay, best use of photography for this category we have uh, Ben Hillwood Harris, uh, who is the uh, owner of Heartwords uh, magazine shop. 
Uh, anyone who's been in there knows that Ben has a particular eye for, uh, for, like, for graphic and, and visual culture. Uh, and we have Claire Graphic, who is the head of exhibitions at the Photographer's Gallery. Unfortunately, neither of them can be with us tonight. Um, theirs was one of my favorite judging sessions because they properly got into it. They, I mean, the, the whole point of giving the judges the magazines to live with for a month is that they can start to like see something and care about it. And you could tell that these two like, really cared about it. So again, we have two commended titles. Uh, one of them is a magazine which has won this category before. Um, it is uh, a sports magazine. Seems like a lot of sports magazines tonight. Um, called Victory, which is published in New York. Um, and they praised it for, um, let's go to see this, uh, consistently innovative photographic editing and unexpected and diverse images. Anyone who's not seen Victory is well worth getting hold of. It's massive, it's a great big magazine, and they really do full justice to the photography. As you can see up there, they also chose Petri as a, a magazine to be commended. Uh, this is one that, again, I've, I've not come across before. It's London-based. Uh, it's a magazine that mixes fashion shoots with uh, a more kind of photojournalistic um, approach. Um, and the, the judges talked about the experimental, dynamic photography creates new ways of thinking about the relationship between editorial and image. But of course, there can only be one winner. Um, and this is a, a magazine which again has featured in this category before, it's been commended in the past. Um, it's another of these niche magazines that somehow reaches out into a much broader appeal. There are eight issues in now and they're still somehow finding new and funny and affecting and memorable ways to photograph dogs. <laughs> so our winner is Foreign Sons. enough that they can't be with us tonight they're in australia but they have managed to record a very quick message for us uh, in the corner i'll lip read for you hello everyone um big thank you stan for the award um huge thank you to all the photographers as well and a special shout out to all the underdogs um, have a great night and thanks again. Bye. Thank you very much, Marta. It's a well-deserved award. So um, again, it's not down the table because of my forward planning. So we'll be sending that on to Marta tomorrow. Next up, we have cover of the year. Uh, our judging uh, panel for this is the third year in the row that they've done this together. I again love watching their judging hours a bit put out because we had to do it by Skype and this time they had a pre-judging judging session before I joined them. I was like, oi, I was, I was looking forward to that. Um, Stephen Heller is the co-chair of the Designer as Author and Entrepreneur Programme at the School of Visual Arts in New York. Uh, he is just like a font of knowledge on basically anything to do with design, but um, he, he is the man basically. Uh, and Yap Beemans is better known as Cover Junkie, uh, and he was uh, awarded Art Director of the Year in the Netherlands earlier this year. And so again, a man who knows a thing or two about his covers. Um, we again have two commended magazines. Uh, the first one is, uh, in fact, actually they're both from New York. Uh, the first one is Pan and the Dream. So this is a magazine that I had never come across before. You can see that cover up there. It, there's kind of nothing on it. 
the theme of the magazine is Emperor's New Clothes, and I was just really impressed by sort of the ballsiness of like effectively giving the Emperor's New Clothes. Like, there's nothing there. The, that label in the corner, you can fold it back, and it's like a fashion label with the Emperor's New Clothes written behind it. Um, Stephen uh, Heller said, this is more than a magazine, it's a piece of performance art, and I can, I can agree with that. Our other commended title is Good Trouble from New York. Uh, this is a magazine, this is its first um, issue in print. Um, it's a magazine of protest, uh, of good trouble, of, um, I think it's like worthwhile trouble or something like that. Um, when I saw that, I thought, wow, someone's, um, God, the designer's name just come right out of my head. Someone, someone help me, what's the name of that designer? Richard Turley. Someone's really done a Richard Turley on that, and then I found out that Richard Turley had done a Richard Turley on that. So, that all kind of makes sense. But again, uh, oh sorry, and Steve says, this reminds me why I became a newspaper designer. There's just so much power in the size and exemplary use of type and image. So again, this is another of these big magazines, great big thing. Yeah, yeah, round of applause. fatigue creeping into the room, we need to dig deep, we're going to pull us, come on, we're going to get through this. So our winner tonight is a magazine with a very ambitious cover concept, which is executed brilliantly, <gasps> gasps around the room, <gasps> who could it be? We're all familiar with magazines that have multiple versions of their covers, but this magazine produced 8,000 separate versions of its cover. The winner, of course, is iMagazine. shy retiring designers, uh, the, the people behind this cover concept are Neil McNeil, and here's Paul McNeil. Representing the entire movie. <laughs> and this was fantastically exciting cover to work on, and it was technically challenging, but in the end, it was surprisingly happy experience, wasn't it, Simon? We say that now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> happy, so it's... Uh, interesting cover because it's a combination of a piece of technology and some very good designers, not me, you know me, Neil. Um, and it has to be said uh, that Pure Print uh, were completely behind this idea from the beginning uh, with their HP Indigo presses. And uh, I've always believed that printing, the printer is part of the creative process. It's not just the place you send your PDF to. I'll print it today tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was exciting, exciting project. Uh, it's also been fantastic in a way that, you know, we make a very traditional kind of printed magazine, and it, it, it's great to show you can do something with digital that isn't just about what's on the screen. It's about the pr a digital process, and it's been great seeing everyone's 
copies of uh, that magazine on Instagram and Twitter, but we still haven't found the person with issue number one. So if you're here, please <laughs> let us know. You don't know they're all numbered on the back, so you can... But we made that fatal mistake, we didn't keep number one. <laughs> oh, 8,000? Yeah. Okay. Thank, Thank you very much. Okay, so for Art Director of the Year, we brought together two titans of the design world for our judging panel. We have Will Hudson, who's the founder of, I don't know if you've heard of this, this other website called It's Nice That. Has anyone heard of it? The, yeah. so, so Will Hudson is the founder of It's Nice That, and Debbie Millman is the president of the AIGA and the host of the Design Matters podcast. Will is here to do the honors. Will. Steve mentioned free bar, so I'm going to keep this brief. Um, and kind of like all the categories and hearing a lot of the judges talk, um, it's amazing to get this box full of books, probably the heaviest delivery I've taken all year, and just kind of sift through them, spend a month with them. Titles, um, like again, a lot of the judges have said that I was seeing for the first time, and I think Debbie was in exactly the same boat. Um, it was tough to get two commended, one winner, but after an hour or so Skype uh, with Debbie, we reached the conclusion that the two magazines that did elevate themselves above the rest, consistency of design, commissioning, uh, format, and um, one of them in particular had managed to pull off far too many kind of tricks, print techniques, where it really shouldn't have worked, but it did. Those two titles are Hello Mr. and Sabat magazine. And then the winner of this category was a magazine that, for every magazine that we chatted about the strengths and we, we highlighted what we loved about each of those magazines individually, when we came back to this title, this title was doing it as well, if not better. The consistency of it is, is ridiculous. Um, it's very difficult to fault, if at all. Um, and I'm delighted to announce that the winner of Art Director of the Year is for MacGuffin magazine. <laughs> Jury and thank you, Stack Awards. Um, McGuffin is a magazine that is um, themed an object every time, every issue. So the next one is themed a trophy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we're really honored by this because every magazine we make, we try to make an exhibition, like a portable exhibition with layers of text and images that you can take home and want to keep. And um, that is really more than text. And it's not only that it's more than text, it's not that the layout of the art direction is the Trojan horse or the, the package that is around the text. It's really something that works together. So I have to um, uh, tribute this to our graphic designer, Sandra Kastner, who's really a big part of it, of course. And um, yeah, thank you so much. It's also, I want to say it's really important to get these prizes. You all know how difficult it is to get funding for magazines and to get attention for magazines and such a prize is so important so I think Stack Awards a lot for this evening. Thank you so much. Editor of the Year is up next.
for this we have uh, Christoph Armand, he's the editor-in-chief of Zeit magazine in, the, in Germany. Uh, and Tom Edwards is exec executive producer of Monocle 24 Radio, which means he's also the host of The Stack. I'm sure everyone here listens to The Stack every week, the Monocle magazine show, yeah. Okay, Tom, where are you? Come, on, come and tell us, here you go. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks to all of Steve's crew. Uh, they are the best at what they do, and they make the second best Stack podcast that's no. out there. So, uh, let's uh, let's call up our uh, editor of the year, commended titles. Um, the first is uh, the Happy Reader, which you can see on the right hand side, Seth Amina. Um, Seth does an amazing job. He stewards uh, an incredible kind of collaborative effort, and so much of what is brilliant about being a great editor is to be a great collaborator. And if you think of the influence between of the guys behind Fantastic Man, who are obviously <laughs> incredible at what they do, and Penguin, and he walks that course so elegantly uh, and with such uh, with such skill and panache. Um, I find, given its subject matter, it, it, it does sort of you know comforts like a, a familiar paperback. Um, but at the same time, it, it delights like a new page turner, and it's an incredible achievement, and it's so consistent in what he does. Um, our second commander title you can see on the left there, Howler, again to return to that sporting theme, which is close to my heart, um, and George Qureshi, who's the editor. Um, I had a, 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 a technique for judging, which was to add a post-it to every page that really jumped out at me. I ran out of post-its with Howler all the way through. Um, a, a real reimagining, it's an easy expression that's thrown around too often, but a reimagining of how to, how to cover football. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, whether it's in the graphics, the illustration, uh, brilliantly commissioned writing, um, the beautiful game, beautifully edited, I would say. So congratulations to both of them. Um, <laughs> shall, shall we turn to our, to our winners, Steve? Um, it, it's difficult. I, I always worry about sounding like a broken record when you recognise the, the best in the business, people who are at the top of their game. Um, but this is a magazine that's a delight to behold on the newsstand, to hold, to read, to consider. There's an incredible depth of research, an authority, a degree of understanding of the subject matter, and these are the hallmarks of what brilliant, uh, brilliant editing is, is all about. Maybe sometimes almost a familiarity, but done with innovation, it's so hard, it's so hard to do. We talk on the stack, my stack program every week about what makes great editors, what makes great independent magazines. And for me, this embodies all of those things. Uh, the editor, or editors, I should say, at the top of their game, uh, are the people behind the graphic. It's to give as many viewpoints as possible uh, in the magazine. Uh, so the viewpoint is for us the most important thing there is. So to have a prize for the editorial part is really, yeah, something we really like very much. And I'm 
really humbled to be in the footsteps of uh, Zeb Amina, who's around here somewhere. Can't see anything, but uh, he's one of our heroes. And um, yeah, the the um, we always like to quote Tina Brown, who said, "If you don't have a budget, have a point of view." And that's what we really try to do, and will keep on doing. And every time it's very difficult because, of course, uh, you have to do so much things before you get to the point of view. But uh, yeah, we really love making magazines, and uh, we love these prizes, and we will try to get uh, all eleven categories. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I'm really honored. Thank you very much, um, everybody. two pieces of good news for you. One is McGuffin cannot win this next one because it's launch of the year, so they're not in it. <laughs> two, we've only had two awards left to give out over here, so we're getting to the business end of things now. This is for launch of the year. Incidentally, Tom has Monocle branded key cards. They, those guys think of everything. Only I could see that, but they still have Monocle branded key cards. It's just for me. Okay, so this time we had uh, Malta Brennison and Urs Spindler, who um, are two of the founders of the Buda, uh, an agency based in Berlin and Hamburg. And they're also two of the co-founders of Indicon, which is the annual uh, independent magazine festival in Hamburg. We also have Rob Alderson, who is managing editor of WeTransfer, uh, and has just launched What About, which is a new podcast series with Mac Culture. And go to uh, madculture.com to have a look on there. Some really great conversations with um, magazine makers about stories and how they come to them. Uh, for this one, we have our two commended titles. So we have uh, first up, The Move, which is a, a music magazine uh, from here in London. Um, and Malta um, talks about the way that this feels like your schoolyard music nerd friend instead of an arrogant Rolling Stone journalist who eats your favorite new band alive. We sent out the move on Stack um, earlier this year, and I just love the kind of the, the energy and the fun, and the, you really get a sense of like what is driving this underground music scene in London at the moment, in all of its like creativity and craziness and stupidity. Um, it's a, a lovely mag, so well done, Tom. And Tom, yeah, the move. Also commended there, we have Migrant Journal. Um, this is uh, a magazine that Rob talks about as uh, it's taken on a big, complicated issue that matters and turned it into something confident and considered. The third issue uh, of Migrant Journal has just come out, um, and I think it's my favourite so far. So a um, big round of applause for the guys at Migrant But the winner. And the, the comments uh, from um, us for this uh, is everyone who reads this magazine will discover him or herself in there, or a friend, colleague, or family member, which says a lot about the relevance of what this magazine is talking about. Um, this is a magazine, again, which we've sent out on Stack this year. I'm very pleased that we got one, two, and three in this category. Watch out, it's time to get angry again. It's angsty. <laughs> I didn't prepare the first speech because I didn't want 
jinxed it and I didn't prepare a second one because that would have been ridiculous, obviously. <laughs> but thank you. Again, this goes to Berkeley and the, the Bay Area to hopefully, I'm still, they haven't replied yet, I've been messaging them and I hope I still hope they're watching the rest of the team. But, um, well, it makes me think that, for, you know, what Malta says, for me, making the magazine has made me look at people differently. So I hope that maybe that was, you know, that goes further than that, that goes to other people as well. Thank you. Uh, I should explain, in this judging process, because I did a shortlist thing, when it comes to the judging, I try to step back. And that means that when judges start going like, oh yeah, Anxi, I'm like, no. <laughs> or MacGuffin, no, not again. Hey. Uh, I'm sorry, I said, what, what can we do about it? All right, so. We have one award left to give. The first year when I did this, I tried to leave all the messages to the end, and you all just left the room, so I'm doing the messages before you can leave the room. Uh, so, thank you very much to our sponsors for tonight. That is uh, Newspaper Club. They've made all these beautiful programs that you have around with you. Uh, Park, they're the guys upstairs with all the magazines. Park print so many independent magazines. If you are interested in printing, or just gonna get a, a better quote, maybe, than what we've got at the moment, Drop the guys at Parker Line uh, and Subsale. So Subsale is a new service which is just coming out of beta at the moment, and they want to be the way that all independent magazines sell their subscriptions. Subscriptions is like stupidly complicated, and Dan, who runs it, um, who is in Mauritius and should be getting up now uh, to watch this feed and to update the stack block. So hey, Dan, <laughs> hope hope you're here. Um, Thanks very much to Lucy for running the awards. And to Vicky and Grace who work with me on staff. They like all together is just the most fun team and like I'm so happy to have them with us. So and thank you all very much. Um, and thank you all to you for your support. You've like entered these awards, you've come and packed out this room, you're making brilliant magazines. We're having a really special and good and prolonged time in independent publishing. So, and thank you to all of you. So now to magazine of the year. Okay, so our judges for this one are Jeremy Leslie, who runs the Mad Culture Studio. Uh, he opened the Mad Culture Shop a couple of years ago, and he organises the Mod Mac Conference. Um, Gail Bishler is the design director of the New York Times magazine. Neither of them need any introductions from me whatsoever. And so Jeremy, come up and tell us about his next. Right. Uh, good evening. Um, so, uh, so well, Steve, Steve's just run through an awful lot of thank yous. And um, uh, although someone did raise a little round of applause earlier, I think we should all have a bigger round of applause for Steve for doing what he does with staff and the awards and everything. Uh, it's, it's an incredible uh, process, the whole award system. Um, so, what, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, 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 I I wish I could say I was flown out to New York, all expenses paid, and we had a great big kind of Manhattan lunch, and, and, and we discussed it. But obviously, obviously, uh, I, I had a glass of water in, in Somerset House and Skyped Gale from New York, um, which was a pleasure in its own right. Um, there was initially, I think, 107 entries to this section. Um, 
which I think just like the whole of this evening demonstrates the power and strength of independent magazines right now. It's a really exciting time and it's something that's easily said and I'm sure I probably stood here or at the book club last year at this stage of the evening saying almost the same thing but if anything it's got stronger in the last year. There are more magazines. 107 magazines consider themselves worthy of entering the best magazines, uh, best, best magazine category. Um, for my own state of health and for, and for, and for Gail's state of health, luckily uh, that was reduced down to a 15 magazine list for us to, to consider. And um, I think, I, think I, I approached the judging with some trepidation. I wasn't quite sure whether Gail come, uh, and I were gonna quite see eye to eye on, what, on, on, on what, which the 15 we wanted to move forward to the top three. Uh, it quickly became clear actually that it's quite an easy process. It wasn't too hard. There were certain things we were looking for. Um, it's a very difficult category to win, of course, because you have to be good at everything. It's, we, we've seen a lot of magazines winning uh, best launch, best illustration, best this, best, various aspects, all of which they're absolute worthy winners. When it comes to the best magazine, it has to be the, the top in every aspect of the, of, of the magazine. And in that respect, we found maybe, you know, there were some great magazines amongst the 15, but they weren't quite able to make the final cut. So we did come up with a, with, with a three, which we narrowed down to, to the two commendeds. Uh, in the end, it was, it, there was one very clear winner. Um, but the two commendeds, first of all, uh, Good Trouble, and I'm gonna speak them as a pair. Good Trouble, uh, just make sure it's the right picture, Migrant Journal. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, we, I think, but, but interestingly, bef before we began to speak, both Gail and I, and I sort of, we felt we wanted to get some magazines that were very serious about the issues that the world face right now. Um, there's a lot going on politically and in terms of you know, all, all sorts of issues that we're facing politically, in terms of the environment, in terms of uh, governance and, and the control of the world. And both these magazines head that up and, and face up to that in different ways. Uh, we've already met Good Trouble this evening and Migrant in, in, in other categories. What I'd like to highlight is, is that they both do uh, confront issues that face the world in very different ways. So first of all, Good Trouble is a, uh, is a large broadsheet-sized newspaper or newsprint. It's uh, maybe, maybe just about, I don't know, maybe eight, 16 pages. It's quite slight, it's, it's, but the huge pages allow a lot of content. And it's great to see a designer of, of Richard Turley's ability back in, in editorial after some time of us um, not doing work um, since he left Bloomberg Business Week. But he's working with a great editor in Rod Stanley, who's been publishing Good Tr Trouble online for some time. Uh, and it's, and it's an, an anarchic, playful magazine that, that, that fa faces up and teases the problems. But my favourite page, I think, from that magazine was they reproduce the entire code from one of the um, uh, Russian troll factories. And it's just a page of really, really tiny type that it's, it's too small to read, too small to identify, but it's just, it, it's a gratuitous use of a whole page just to make a point that this is one of the, the, the things that is confronting the world. Uh, in a completely different manner, a migrant journal is, 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 is seeking to readdress the issue of migration and immigration, and it does so in a small format, um, very finished, polished, beautifully designed uh, uh, publication, which seeks to be a uh, printed archive for future years. They're only going to make six of these. They're going to produce them over six months. Each one will come out every six months. So the, as Steve said, the third issue has just been published. 
uh, halfway through that program. Um, but what's interesting, uh, aside from the, the, the content, is, is the approach that they've taken to it, and that is that the people behind it aren't magazine publishers. They had a message and a, a story they wanted to get out there, and they chose magazines as being the most valid and the most relevant uh, form in which to do so. So they came to magazines, uh, and they've come up with this, this um, uh, limited series of publications, which they hope will stand the test of time in terms of they will sit in libraries for years to come and be far more archivable and useful than perhaps if they'd been doing something digital. So both of these were sort of doing something positive and useful and challenging uh, to, to the ideas and the world and some of the dreadful stuff that we live with. They're doing them in very, very different ways. And that's one of the joys of magazines is that you can cover similar subjects in very different ways. That said, the, the kind of relative seriousness of these two projects, the winner um, appealed to us for its sense of fun. Um, it couldn't, it, in, in some senses, it couldn't be more different to these two. So uh, it's a fashion magazine, and fashion magazines, despite the, the, the attention and uh, uh, notice that they get because of the, the commercial nature of what they're involved in, they are actually relatively conservative beasts in terms of magazines themselves. The photography might be very strong, uh, the, 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 the styling could be very confrontational, but largely the fashion tends to be quite safe and conservative in the, in, in the publishing realm. This magazine is different. It appealed to us, this particular issue especially, for the sense of fun, the sense of place, the sense of, of just sheer joy in making the magazine that the, that the makers had in making it. It's a magazine that shapeshifts. Every issue is a different format, a different size, a different. They've, they've done a Victorian children's novel, they've done zines, they've done tabloid newspapers. Uh, just recently, they've done uh, the current issue is uh, a pastiche of various uh, interiors magazines, all of which have fun with the form of publishing, but also contain really interesting cutting edge fashion as well. And it's fascinating for me to see fashion brought into that realm where. The magazine itself matters, they're playing with it. The particular issues, I think it was issue five, um, that, 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 that it won for, wasn't a pastiche, it was a really cleverly executed examination of the space that they work in and the street that they live in. Um, it's, it's just a, a, a great example of, of, of the joy at the heart of magazine making. So I'm really, really thrilled to announce uh, that Buffalo Zine is magazine of the year. Thank you. This makes us very, very, very happy. Thank you very much. We're very happy to be we're very honored. Very unqualified to this moment. <laughs> totally. A lot of responsibility. We're very honored to be nominated alongside so many brilliant magazines. Um, I'd like to thank Jeremy and Gail, Steve from SAC, um, and I also want to thank the small Buffalo team that works with us in our office and the big team of contributors that make uh, possible that we put together the magazine. 
Well, um, not much to say. It's like the first time that I'm accepting an award, and we're the last one who've been drinking more than all the other ones. Um, so, well, basically, it's, yeah, I feel very proud that this issue that we did, we we did the whole issue in the building that we have our office. So, it was a big effort to make like the talent or. Pamela Anderson or whatever to come to our dodgy building in Hackney Road. Um, but it, it feels very special that uh, we didn't have to go anywhere apart from our very basic um, office place to win um, Stack Magazine of the Year. So that's quite beautiful. Thank you very much. <laughs> So you can go upstairs for music and food. There's lots of food upstairs and drink. You can stay down here for music uh, from Alex Rita and more drink. But whatever you do, please stay here and have fun. And I hope I'll see you at some point. Cheers. Okay, that's all for this week. I'm pleased to report that people did indeed stick around afterwards and I had a fantastic time meeting up with old friends and of course coming face to face with lots of people I'd only ever emailed with before. You can see pictures from the night on the Stack Magazine's blog. Just head over to stackmagazines.com for that. And of course, watch out for news of next year's awards opening in July 2018. We are literally thinking about it already. We'll be back to the usual format next week with me speaking to just a single magazine maker and it's going to be a pretty special one so make sure you don't miss that. Just search for Stack Magazines on SoundCloud or iTunes and follow us while you're there so we can deliver the next episode as soon as it's ready. Okay, thanks very much for listening and we'll be back again next week.